With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast. Now videocast as well. Now you can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. For most leagues, this is the final game before the fantasy football playoffs. So this is an important week. So we decided to bring in some extra firepower here. We have a special guest joining us this edition of Kramer and Brill, and he is the former Los Angeles Rams quarterback, Vince Ferragamo. Vince, welcome to the show. Hi, Bob. Good to be on the show with you guys. You know, I, I find it interesting that uh, your career ended uh, basically coinciding with Eric's career starting. Your last season was 1986. Eric's rookie season was 1987. So you guys, you never played each other, but just sort of almost crossed paths. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities, I, I think, Bob. Um, it's just the fact that I was leaving the game. Eric was coming on, and he was a much better quarterback than myself. But uh, uh, so, you know, it was it was kind of cool because I played a year in Canada. Eric was was up in Canada, and and he came back to the NFL, and uh, you know was was very sharp and, and did a great job. And I remember watching him play actually after he retired. So it was kind of enjoyable to see somebody who kind of followed my path was there playing quarterback as well. Well, uh, and I guess I grew up uh, watching Vince and uh, that year they went to the Super Bowl, obviously it was right here in Pasadena. And so I, you know, grew up watching that. And um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, then I found out just reading up on Vince today, he went to Banning High School. I had no idea about that. That was like a powerhouse back then, man. So. Yeah, it was, uh, and had no idea you grew up locally too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, we both grew up, Bob, in the same area. You know, I, I think you went to Pierce Junior College too for one year I too, did. Eric, and I then did, before yeah. you went to North Carolina State. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of, you know, being a Southern California kid, you know, it's like kind of the breeding grounds for a lot of quarterbacks here in Southern California. So John Elway is another name that comes to mind, you know, that uh, yeah, they grew up here so. locally. So yeah, he, he was in our league. I went to Solar High. I didn't play football, I played baseball, but. Uh, and uh, Elway went to uh, Granada uh, yeah. after that. And yeah, I mean, that I know that that heart of the San Fernando Valley, like you said, it was just a breeding ground. We had, uh, you know, uh, so many players that came out of there and so many guys that just went on to good college careers but never went into the pros. But we had uh, a good amount of pros too. It's like, I know when I, we moved out here from Pittsburgh uh, back in the uh, early mid 60s, uh, the cool thing was you could play baseball year round. You know, and I remember uh, going down uh, to San Fernando Park one year and the, the old L.A. Rams were used to work out there in, in, uh, in the preseason. And I remember seeing uh, Bill Munson, um, you know, throwing the ball around and, and it was just we'd go down there and just watch. And we played Babe Ruth baseball on the field where they were working out, which was so cool, you know. Yeah, you can you can go outside and shoot a basketball too in the middle of winter out here. That's true. You didn't have to play inside, right? <laughs> right. So, so I, I know Eric didn't know much about fantasy football back then, but he told me that he found out about 
uh, fantasy football uh, when a fan approached him because he had him on his team, right, Eric? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I was, uh, this was like 1995, I think. And um, the year before, I had gotten hurt and uh, Steve Walsh came in and, and played well, finished that year. And then they opened up the quarterback battle between the two of us to start training camp. So really nobody knew who was going to be playing quarterback for the Bears. Um, and so ultimately I started that season and we would start out the season, you know, kind of finish the season the same way offensively doing pretty well. And so at some point during the season, a guy shouts to me as I'm kind of just playing a catch warming up for a game. And he's talking about how well that he and I are killing it this year. And I'm like, killing it in what? And he was like, fantasy football. He goes, you're my quarterback. <laughs> so that's how, that was my introduction to fantasy football. And now all these years later, here Bob and I are doing a fantasy football podcast. So, so wow. Vince, what was your uh, earliest recollection of fantasy football? Well, I think, uh, God, that was what, 1991? Or something some about that time, huh, Eric? Well, what, for what, me, what year was that fantasy football? I don't know. 95. Okay, that's after the, after the Detroit Lions. After you yeah, went there. yeah. Okay. Yeah, Back so Bob would know when all this began, but I, that was my introduction to even hearing about it was 1995. Yeah, I was playing fantasy football in 1967. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was three then. <laughs> well, my first recollection of fantasy football, I think, uh, Bob takes me to, you know, when uh, in 19, what was it? Not 19, 20, 2017. 2017, you know, the rookie quarterback was drafted. Uh -huh. okay. I, I put him on my fantasy football team. I, I never played before. So I said, well, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this guy by the name of Deshaun Watson. Okay. Oh, uh, he didn't, and nobody wanted him, you know, nobody wanted him. Maybe he was right on the list. And I go, man, this kid was good at Clemson. I'm going to take him. He's going to be good in the NFL. So, you know, he, he ends up starting like the third or fourth game, Eric. And, you know, he went berserk. I oh, mean, yeah. numbers were going to crash the board. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you guess who my quarterback was the next year? Um, um, well, let's see. Okay, let me give you a hint. Was he let a Ram? 2018. No, no. He, he oh, was in his second Mahomes. year. Who? It was Mahomes? Yeah. I hope. Oh yeah. my gosh. Perfect. Yeah. No, no, no. Nobody wanted him either. He was an unknown, right? Coming after Alex Smith. So I go, no, no, let me, I, I Who like was this. putting this draft together? The Chicago Bears? They, they didn't want him either. I, I don't know. Either one of them. People. The Fox people. That's how smart the Fox people are. <laughs> We know. I had the same thing with Watson because I picked him up like in the fifth round. And, you know, as Eric will tell you, I'm a, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh and I'm a major Steeler fan, as you can see by the background here. Yeah. And, um, you know, Ben's been my quarterback since day one and he's been a machine for me. And I have to tell you that this past week, because of the way this week has been going with the Ravens and COVID and everything, I played a game. I ended up losing. Um, but, I, for the first time in the history of Bob Brill's fantasy football, I did not have a Steeler in my lineup. Oh, well, what? they didn't play a game. Oh, they they well, I had, you know, I had, I had to move them. I had to put in other guys because we didn't know if they were going to play the Ravens. Right. And they kept postponing the game. That and was think, smart. Okay. What if they don't play? So I put in Deshaun Watson, who was my backup quarterback and he scored 50 points for me. So I was okay, but I still lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he can do it. Hey, well, who's, if that, Bob, if who's that behind you? Is that is that Jack Ham behind That's you? That's Jack Ham. Yeah, he was, yeah. he was my favorite Steeler of all time. Man, yeah, I tell so. you, you know, Eric, when we played in the Super Bowl game in in 1980, that Pittsburgh Steeler team was 
13 Hall of Famers on that yeah, team. Yeah, they were pretty I, I don't think I've ever seen in any era a better team than that. Probably um, not, the, right? The offense, defense, special teams. Yeah, they captured a lot of fans from around the country for sure. Wow. Yeah. And they were good. Yeah, you guys led at halftime, 13 to 10. And I remember yeah. I was watching that game, and uh, they interviewed Jack uh, Lambert as he's walking off. And he said something about uh, it ain't over yet or something like that. And then, of course, the second half, they came back and was it 31 uh, 19, I think, or something was the final. Yeah, I think Chuck Knoll chased the cameraman too off the field. He didn't want him, <laughs> he didn't want him in his face. So, yeah, they were a little disappointed. But, you know, I, I just the cream rises to the, to the top always, Bob, you know, especially in big games, experience factor is such a big. A big thing. I mean, we had we had a lot of young players, but we had a great defense and you know great coaching staff. But uh, just uh, no match for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were just that good. Well, we're going to put you on the spot today because in a few okay. minutes we're going to bring in a fan onto the show to ask the quarterback. And first time we're going to get get the chance to ask two quarterbacks each week. We select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football related question, and we bring that fan onto the video cast to ask the question directly. And you could be that fan by simply emailing us at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. You can see it right there at the bottom of your screen. And right now we're going to take a look at how we did for you. So how did we do for you? Well, we said Mahomes and Watson were high on our list with Mahomes. Pop at 462 and three scores. Watson added four scores on 318. Cousins was solid as well with three TD passes. And between them, they did not pass uh, throw a pick. We did miss the boat on Derek Carr, who failed miserably. Uh, on the running back side, we love Derrick Henry. So what's not to love? 27 carries, 178 and three TDs. We again liked Antonio Gibson, 115 and three touches, along with James Robinson's 128 and a touch. And you really like Nick Chubb, and it showed, 144 and a score. I liked Wayne Gallman, 94 yards and a score. It was worth it. On the receiver side, uh, who saw Tyreek Hill getting 13 catches for 269 and three scores with most of it coming in the first quarter? He killed me. cost me my game. You <laughs> loved A.J. Brown as 98 and a score. I really liked Will Fuller. It was 171 and two scores. We did not see Landry coming back with 143. Uh, Eric, you did like Debo Samuel. He had 11 for 133, and we both liked Gronk with his six for 106. Now, trending up this week, you have Austin Eckler, Wayne Gallman, James Robinson, Tyreek Hill, Colin Johnson, and Evan Ingram. Trending down this week, Daniel Jones, Alex Smith, Cam Newton, Derek Carr, and the Denver Broncos, the whole team. So with the fantasy playoffs on the line, this being the traditional last week of the fantasy season and teams need this game to make the playoffs, I want to point out that both the Buccaneers and Panthers are on buys this week, unusual this late in the season. So you'll want to replace the following guys, Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Mike Davis, DJ Moore, and the Panthers defense for sure. For Tampa, you want to replace Brady, Mike Evans, Godwin, Ronald Jones, and Gronkowski. The Bucks defense, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown. If you're a dynasty league, you're in one of those, you're just going to want to bench them. But standard leagues, it's either bench or replace. So Eric, uh, your thoughts on this week? Well, in so in reference or reference to my Lions firing Quinn and Patricia, I did wear the t-shirt today. Uh, but the fact that they fired them, I think the team's a little obviously in flux now, but TJ Hawkinson is still coming through. Even though he didn't get in, in the end zone, he was their leading receiver. And then the Broncos, obviously, they're not going to win many games or fantasy points playing a practice squad receiver, Kendall Hinton, the quarterback anymore. So until they get the guy, that situation figured out, uh, I would stay away from all the Bronco players like you had mentioned earlier. And uh, Alex Smith, again, continues to be a great story for me. Even though he didn't put up great numbers this past week, uh, the Washington uh, football team, 
destroyed Dallas. And, uh, you know, not only Gibson, I think, but McLaurin as well. Still the leading receiver with nearly 100 yards. And then Dallas, uh, even though they got destroyed, Amari Cooper still uh, had a great day with 112 yards and touchdown. Derrick Henry, what can you say about him? So far in the season, he's rushed for over 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns. And with the Titans at eight and three, right now, week, every week he's showing up. And so is he even a potential MVP candidate? Because all we talked about so far is quarterbacks, but I think he should be in that conversation as well. And then you mentioned Eckler, who's trending up. And don't forget about Justin Herbert, the quarterback, again, even though it's a rookie, went over 300 yards and had a touchdown and is still looking great. And Taysom Hill, even though we thought he would have a great game, you know, numbers-wise as, as a quarterback, he didn't. But uh, they still find ways to get him in the end zone, and he's still a big part of the running game and scored two touchdowns um, that way. And then you've got uh, the 49ers over the Rams, which was I – don't, I don't get that, but it happened. And then the Trubisky-Rogers uh, discrepancy in their game was obvious, I think, to everybody. And, but the Bears' defense gave up 41 points easily. I don't, I don't get that to the Packers. And uh, so I was Aaron shocked. Rogers. Yeah, well, there. I mean, that's a guy that's got an answer, it seems, for every defense, including the Bears. And then the Raiders, how they rolled over just uh, against the Falcons didn't make any sense. And so I've got doubts about them rebounding, actually, against the Jets this week. Uh, Vince, uh, your thoughts on this week? Well, you guys are throwing out stats and numbers. It's unbelievable. <laughs> wow, you guys have it all covered. I, all I can look at is Russell Wilson, you know, with Seattle and DK Metcalf and also Tyler Lockett. I mean, those, those, those guys, they produce numbers each and every week. I think he's on pace to break the all-time season touchdown record. I don't know. I mean, it might be tough to beat Peyton Manning and, and, uh, and Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, I, I kind of like, I, I like that team a little bit uh, as far as numbers. I, mean, I really like the, uh, the rookie receiver for the Vikings. I mean, Jefferson, he's yeah. – He's a standout. He's been on the list a couple times. He's really playing good, Eric. I mean, he'd be a nice target to throw to. And you know, as well as I, having that, that great receiver out there that's dependable and will run great routes for you. I know that um, in the Rams situation, uh, you know, Robert Woods has been great. Uh, he's he's put up big numbers over the time. Uh, uh, Cooper Cup has, has been right there on top of the list. But I have to agree with you. Uh, Justin Herbert is having big games with the Chargers. I think he puts up big numbers each and every week, over 300 yards passing. Um, uh, Keenan Allen is, is a great hunter, and Henry is, is another good player. So I, I wouldn't count those guys out if you have them on your league because uh, they could put up big numbers, you know, each and every week. So, I mean, those are, those are my kind of thoughts just over there. And then New Orleans, I think they probably have the best receiver in football right now, and Thomas, Michael Thomas. He's, he's coming back. He's healthy now. And, I mean, if he's on your league – Man, he could put up numbers like crazy. So, um, you know, Vince, I, I know you follow the Rams uh, a, a lot, and uh, what it Eric mentioned it uh, the fact that you know just kind of don't figure how the Niners have beaten the Rams four games in a row, and one of the and the Rams they got this great defense and their offense is flying high. What what's going on there? I mean, it's does uh, I asked Eric that la this last week? Does that get into your head, a quarterback's head? Does that get into a team's head? You you're playing a team that is so banged up. I mean, they got so many injuries. It's like they could barely field a team, but they come in and they beat you for the fourth time in a row. Well, from a quarterback perspective, I think Eric would agree. I mean, you look at a guy like Carson Wentz. Let's just take that for an example in Philadelphia. 
I mean, he's he doesn't know which side's up anymore. I mean, you, you, you're getting hit so many times back there. So, sometimes you start to be, begin to question your ability as a quarterback. Maybe I'm not it's not made for me to play this game and you question your confidence, your confidence level drops. And so this, this kid's a great young quarterback. He just needs to be supported by an offensive line, some people around him. He's got Doug Peterson calling the plays just like Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco. I mean, these are bright coaches, but I think Kyle Shanahan, when you, you mentioned the Rams 49er contest, it's um, it's always going to be a rock fest. I mean, it's, it's a slug, slug them out, knock them down, drag out fight and you know 49ers always come in and they battle hard against the Rams they they knock them around and you know years ago when when I played for the Rams we always had great offensive line and great defense and we never wanted that to happen to us we always delivered a a, a knockout punch to our opponent but it just doesn't seem like today the Rams are built more for disguise deception trickery uh quick counts those kind of things and finesse and they're not built on power and strength and you know and slugfest so I think that's how they're getting to them they're getting to them with the defensive line they're beating them up up front they can't run the football um and they can run the ball against the Rams it's a mindset yeah I, I would agree with you Vince and yeah. that Greg Jennings who was commentating on the game mentioned that in talking to uh Kyle Shannon earlier that week he's like I hope we've run the ball 30 40 times then he called him back and said no make that 70 and that's what they come into the game wanting to do, and they do it. I mean, they, and it was happening every – anytime they wanted to run the ball for five, eight yards, it was it happened. And and they just – they have a way of pounding the edge of the defense, and they're getting outside no matter what. And then They, they do. They do that, Eric. And I, yeah. I think, I think as you know, Eric, coaching is such a big – plays such a big role in uh, the success of an offense. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan's worked with his dad, Mike Shanahan, and they've got together and in off seasons have gone over play after play after play running plays. It's like when I, when I meet with my family and I talk to my brother, Chris, who's been, you know, coaching high school football for 50 years, it's like you bring out the playbook. I mean, do we have to talk football again? It's just like drawing up plays every time we meet. And so I can just imagine what the two of those guys were going through. And that's the reason why they, they bring the fullback in. You know, it's old school football. They bring them in. They they do a lead play with the fullback up there. They run counter. They run gap. They run they run sweep. Um, and but they knock you around. And they're pulling tackles. They're pulling guards. And you know they do it all. So it's a it's a, it's a menagerie of plays up front that the defense has to worry about. And you can just hand the ball off and do some play action passing and really attack defenses. Great stuff, well, guys. Now, now we come to our regular feature, Ask the Quarterback, and today we welcome in Shane Zazula. Shane is from Southern California, and he is a teacher. He's a longtime fantasy baseball and football player. Shane, uh, welcome to the show, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, gents. Nice to see y'all. Hope you're all doing well and you're happy and healthy. Uh, my name is Shane Zazula. I'm a history teacher in uh, the L.A. area. Huge um, sports fan, huge fantasy football, huge Dodger fan. Um, in my classroom, as you can see, and uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, yeah, you get a special treat. You get to ask two quarterbacks your questions. So let's start off. What would you like to ask Eric and Vince? Awesome. Eric and Vince, nice to see you both. Hope you're both doing well. Um, my first question is, um, I want to know what you think uh, happened to Lamar Jackson. He went from an, NBC, uh, an MVP season to a huge slide. So did the defenses figure him out or what's going on with that? I would say no. Uh, no one's figured him out. It's just that I think despite you know they they made comments references last year 
to how much he'd improved with his in within the pocket ability to play the game, his anticipation, his accuracy. And I would say that's to a degree true, but yet even though he made improvements, he was far from where guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers were and have been and continue to be Ben Roethlisberger, Watson, Mahomes, all these guys, that's the way to play the game consistently from inside the pocket. And that's to be a consistent quarterback. That's what you got to do. So he's, in my opinion, not there yet. He wasn't there last year and he's not there this year. I think part of the reason he had such great success last year was their defense was amazing. The running game, which he's a huge part of was amazing. And then he also made strides in the passing game. But I think that this year he's begun to take on not only his issues, but the defensive issues. So they started to become porous and give up a lot of points. And he's thinking, well, I got to play like I did last year. I got to win every game. We can't, we stopped short of being in the Super Bowl, So that was on me too, which I think he's taken all that on. And it's become, I think a little bit too much internal pressure. That's kind of haltered his progress a little bit this year, but He's still putting up fairly decent fantasy numbers, even though they're not winning the games maybe that they would have last year. Vince? Yeah, I'd have to echo a lot of that, uh, Shane, because uh, first of all, I think when you look at Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, he's kind of a run first, throw second. And in this league, that's that's not sustainable. You can't do that. You look at Cam Newton, you look at guys like um, – um, the quarterback in Washington Redskins years ago. Um, it's just that if you're, yeah, RG3. You're, you're running the ball so much that in the shots you take, um, you know, can you sustain that over a long period of time and for many years as a career? So this league is built around the passing game. I think that in his first year, he caught a lot of teams by surprise because they just didn't recognize his talents, how fast he was. He's one of the fastest guys on the team, and he put up big numbers. He was MVP. So he, he threw 36 touchdowns with only six interceptions. This year, he's not on that same pace. He's uh, maybe 15 touchdowns. His, he limits his interceptions. Uh, but I think he's running the ball a little bit too much. So I, I think they really need to kind of curtail him in the running game and be more explicit be more versatile in the passing game for them to move forward. Uh, but again, don't drift away from what he does great. And that's his remarkable speed and his remarkable talents to get away from the rush. And that because as a quarterback and Eric knows when you're back in the pocket, the best place to run and the easiest run is for the quarterback. So if you have the speed, you can make a lot of yards. So you're tempted every time to run the football, but you have to put it in perspective and the biggest plays come through the passing game. So, I mean, they're averaging over 10 yards a pass. They're averaging 5.6 yards a run. So what would you rather do? Get five yards or 10 yards? And so, but you got to pick your poison. And I think right now, I think they, um, they really need to curtail what they're doing. Like Eric said, their defense is not playing as well as they played last year. So, you know, that means a lot too. So there's more pressure on the quarterback to do even better. Shane, you had a follow-up? Um. Not in regards to that. I think you gave great answers. Thank you. Um, I have a question in regards to COVID, if that's all right. Um, yeah, so a lot of players took uh, the season off for COVID and a lot were affected in other ways, like positive tests and things like that. Um, what kind of impact does that have on a player moving forward? Vince? Well, well yeah, I think I think we, uh, Eric, you know, they got to they gotta continue to, to um, 
examine you know what they're doing on and off the field and i think they have to follow proper protocol uh, a lot of players uh, have been bitten by you know the testing side and have found that they have um, they have contacted the, the virus and either they're asymptomatic or symptomatic so that's that's the problem so you really have to quarantine you have to kind of sequester yourself uh, always you know practice the proper protocol. And when it does happen, yeah, it, it hurts teams because then all of a sudden your three quarterbacks are off the list. So now you got you right use a backup wide receiver as a quarterback. So that's killing your team. So you have to take a personal responsibility because it's not just you. It's, it's the people around you and it's a team game. So you don't want to hurt the team by being sidelined because you're not allowed to play. And so you know, it's, it's a tough situation. And sometimes you have no control. You think you've, you've practiced everything you've done and it happens. So that's the crazy thing about it. Yeah. I would follow that up by saying, you know, I've never contracted COVID. And it's only uh, this year that's been around. But I think, you know, looking at someone like Cam Newton. Okay, here's somebody who contracted it. And then look how he's played since he's come back, which I don't even know if he's back to what he was before. He didn't look to be. And so if it's me, if I'm a fantasy manager and I've got a guy that has been out with COVID and then comes back, personally, I would wait for him to have at least one good game before I started him in fantasy. Because I just, they, like the symptoms of it are, you know, uh, fatigue and, and fever and, um, you know, uh, issues with breathing, which really aren't compatible with high performance physically or mentally. So I, I, would, I would wait to see how they're going to do and how they perform before I put them in my fantasy lineup. Good point. So Shane, uh, that answer your questions? Yeah, absolutely. I got to say, got two fantasy teams that got wrecked by COVID this year. So you guys are no joke. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> well, great. Hey, Shane, thanks Sorry, for joining, Shane. joining us uh, for Ask the Quarterback and keep playing fantasy, huh? Thanks so much, Bob. Take care, yeah. gentlemen. Nice to meet All you. Right. See you, care. All right. Remember, if you'd like to ask the quarterback, just email me at uh, brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. You'll see it right there on the bottom of your screen, and uh, we'll bring you on, and you can ask, uh, ask our quarterback the question, and hopefully uh, as you head into these fantasy football playoffs, so we'll make a difference for you. Vince, I want to thank you for joining us on Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast. Yeah, you know, we'd love to have you come back for our annual Super Bowl show. Would you do that? Sounds good. Sounds good. Eric, right. you and I can talk some, some quarterbacking for the Super Bowl. I love it, but you're the only guy that can talk with any experience about playing the Super Bowl. <laughs> you got better numbers than me, boy. You got a better <laughs> career. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Vince. Take care. Okay. See you All guys. Right. Bye-bye. All right. So uh, let's go to this week's games. Uh, Browns and Titans. Titans keep winning, and it seems like Jarvis Landry's finally getting recognized. So I have to like him and Nick Chubb here. I'm only sold on Mayfield if you have no one better. Titans did not use John o. Smith, but Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are solid this week. Um, yeah, I, I'm sold. I'm more sold on Chubb, I guess, than I am Landry. Um, uh, I think their, their running game around behind that offensive line is amazing. And Chubb seems to be the guy that doesn't matter what the condition, who they're playing, he's going to you know, have a good game. Uh, Landry, on the other hand, I'm just not sold on the Browns passing game. And therefore, nobody shows up consistently week to week, which is kind of the point of fantasy football is trying to be able to predict with some certainty, you know, who's going to have a solid game. Um, 
because no one's shown up yet like that for the Browns, including Landry, for, like, in comparison to guys like Devontae Adams in Green Bay or McLaurin even in Washington. Um, whereas Chubb running behind that offensive line is bankable, just like in Tennessee, Henry's bankable running probably behind any offensive line. But, um, and at this point, I think the same can be said of AJ Brown, you know, uh, obviously he followed up uh, a good game and has had several this year and is obviously a big red zone threat for them. And I'd say, don't forget about Tannehill also, because against the tough, uh, Colts defense, he threw for over 200 yards, 221, I think, and then both a rushing and passing touchdown. And I would expect similar numbers this week from him because they're facing a similar defense and the Browns defense is in some ways similar to the Colts. You know, uh, note, uh, side note to you that, you know, Henry extended his streak of eight consecutive road games with 100 yards plus rushing, uh, which, you know, your old teammate Barry Sanders holds the record with 10 straight. So uh, that, that's going to be kind of uh, interesting to watch this year. Yeah, I, I'd like to think Barry's deal had had something to do with the guy handing him off the ball. I would think so. Yes, I, I, you know, I mean, what else can you say? <laughs> Washington and Pittsburgh. Uh, Steelers can't afford to look past Washington, and you'll need to keep an eye on James Conner who went COVID this week. Uh, since they're supposed to play Wednesday, and this is like the third postponement for week 12, we have little to go on. Now, if everyone is good, then start anyone and pick up Benny Snell if you can, just to see insurance, the, the handcuff for uh, James Conner. For Washington, Gibson's a go, as is McLaren. But don't be fooled by Peyton Barber's 11 touches. They were well ahead of Dallas with 41 points in garbage time, and he was getting a lot of that. Yeah, I like what you said here about Washington, how, you know, they seem to be trending up, as fantasy people say, you know, and they've got two straight wins, albeit it's been the Bengals and the Cowboys they beat. But I think you're right not to look past them if you're the, you know, the Steelers. And the defense is really looking like they did to begin the season, which in Washington was very good. And the running game now, as you said, with Gibson, solid. Uh, Pitt's defense is awesome. Uh, but they've got to show up that way this week. And, you know, now that they're getting deep into the season, they're still undefeated. Uh, you know, I think that's going to be what they have so far and will continue to hang their hat on is that defense. And then getting back to James Conner, though, here's another guy that was, uh, you know, struck with COVID. And me personally, I wouldn't play him if I'm owning him as a fantasy manager, uh, simply because I, I want to see how he does once he gets back out on the field again. That's going to be tough this week because this is a playoff week. I know I'm facing that situation. I picked up Wayne Gallman last week, had a great game for me. And, but, you know, Zeke got three points. You know, Zeke wanted like getting three points. That's almost unheard of. It's not something you want to hear. Right. Well, Raiders of the Jets look for all the Raiders to rebound. And, yes, I can recommend Carr this week, but nobody for the Jets. Well, okay, so all year long, the Jets seem to be the right tonic for whoever's playing them, right? Yeah, Only for sure. now, I think the defense made the Dolphins work very hard for everything they got in this past game. They sat, they sacked uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick four times, forced four fumbles. And as for the Raiders, they allowed Carr in that game to be sacked three times against Atlanta. And then he threw an interception and the Falcons forced four fumbles against the Raiders. So given the current COVID situation too, where when, they, when the schedule came out, the Raiders, as I understand it, had had uh, scheduled in they would stay the week the in between the week they played atlanta and the jets both on the east coast they would stay out there mm -hmm. and then practice during the week well covid's kind of shifted all that around so right. now they have to go back then they're going to fly all the way back out again um to play the jets and so i think for a lot of the reasons we've been talking about 
this does not look like a rebound game to me for the Raiders. And uh, I think the Jets, if they're going to win a game, looking at their schedule, they've got all tough games coming up. And this would be the team, I think, if they're going to win one, this could be the week. I think, you know, I think you're right on with that. Uh, you know, I, I've been kind of watching the Jets and it's like, I, them and the Cowboys are just like so awful. And, but, you know, there's always a chance these teams are going to win one game. Nobody goes, oh, for the season. So at least not very often. Jaguars at Vikings, obviously James Robinson, but I'm not sold on Mike Glennon. I do like Colin Johnson and Keelan Cole, if only for flex plays. Cousins completed seven passes to each of four different guys last week. So take your pick. Justin Jefferson seems to be the go-to end zone guy, though. Yeah, I agree with you on Robinson for the Jaguars. All year, he's been doing great. I, I, I too, would hold off on Mike Lennon, even though he did go to NC State. But I think uh, Thielen, I would argue, that has had the better year of, you know, the receivers there um, in that, you know, he's got uh, – he didn't have a, catch, a, t- a touchdown catch last week. But against Carolina I'm, – I'm sorry, against Carolina – but in the two previous games against Dallas and Chicago, he caught two touchdowns each and he's got 11 for the season. Uh, and with Jacksonville on a prolonged skid, I wouldn't count out Delvin Cook here. I know a lot of fantasy owners, he might've been very high on who you drafted. Uh, and, but I think this is a, a week he goes off against the Jaguars because they defensively, they've been terrible also. Bengals at Dolphins, Cincinnati playing out the string. I can only suggest T. Higgins here. While Miami is fighting, and I like Parker and Fitzpatrick uh, as the best of the bunch. I, I ditto on your assessment of both teams here, and I'll just say that the Dolphins' defense is currently playing probably as well as any in the NFL right now, so I think that makes all Bengals players not plays for me anyway. Colts at Texas, Deshaun Watson on fire right now. That means Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks are definite plays here. I do like Duke Johnson, uh, Duke Johnson but only as a flex. Uh, he's a, a receiving back more than anything, and he is getting more uh, rushing time. Uh, Hines is a play, although Pittman had an off day. I do expect more against the Texans. I'm with you on Naheem Hines. And to, to me, he's right now the best, maybe the most explosive dual threat running back in the NFL, other than maybe the Chargers, Austin Eckler, now that he's back. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm with you. I think the, the uh, uh, Naheem Hines and really, I guess, just him offensively for the Colts are, are the guy you can count on. Lions at Bears, both your old teams, Stafford, Johnson, and Hawkinson, all solid. David Montgomery had 91 yards. He did not find the end zone. Uh, so uh, could this be also, I'm going to throw this out there for you, the return of Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> but... And I agree with you on Stafford and Hawkinson. Um, I mean, look how Rodgers just shredded the Bears defense last week. So that's what they're coming off of as a defense, confidence-wise. Uh, if I was going to play a running back for the Lions, though, I think I'd play Adrian Peterson. He, last week, when they got down in the red zone, short yardage situations around the goal line, he's the guy to give the ball to. So he scored two touchdowns that way. Um, and for the Bears, I also like Montgomery. He's now starting to kind of break off some bigger chunk runs like he had last week. Um, and especially now that the Lions look so vulnerable, you know, having just fired their head coach and general manager. Uh, but that doesn't mean I would start Trubisky in any way. I just, he looked to me, um, he, I almost want to say improvement on, on a few throws, mainly because his timing and rhythm was sort of on pace and he wasn't holding the ball waiting, but he also tended to throw the ball into double, triple coverages. And that's how he turned the ball over. So that's not a guy I would start right now. 
Saints and Falcons, I'm still liking Taysom Hill, although he was a bit disappointing against the quarterback-less Broncos, but he's worth a start if you have no one better. Figuring because it was the Broncos, Murray, Kamara, and Thomas are all solid days, but it's hard to judge this one. Falcons, an Enigma team, they score 43 points with no standout offensive players, as this was all on the defense. Edo Smith, 65 yards was a surprise, but don't be fooled by that. I'd stick with Ridley and Gage, which we told you last week, though, with Julio Jones out. Yeah, this is a confusing game. And so I guess like you, if I'm a fantasy manager, I'd steer clear of this game with anybody. And uh, and keep in mind, though, the Broncos defense has been pretty good all year. And even though they played the entire game without a quarterback, um, you know, they limited, obviously, what the Saints could do and Taysom Hill through the air anyway. But as we mentioned before, he still had two rushing walk-in touchdowns. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. You know, if you're thinking, okay, maybe Taysom Hill didn't come through in the passing game, kind of like Lamar Jackson, who's not coming through in the passing game right now. He's still a huge part of that running game. Giants and Seahawks, you don't want to watch the injury wires here with Jones, who went out with a hammy. I still like Gallman here and Ingram, but Colt McCoy is a non-starter for me. And Wilson is a start starter. I mean, every yes. game. And DK Metcalf also, what, 100? He had 177 yards, had 100 by halftime. Yeah, 20, 27 fantasy points yesterday. Right. So, and, and Tyler Lockett has been sort of up and down a little bit, down lately, which makes me think he's going to be coming roaring back as well, as well possibly this week too. Rams and Cardinals, well, they always lose to the 49ers, four in a row. We talked about that earlier. So toss out the last game and look for them to rebound this week. I like Goff and Akins, who broke one for 61 finally, and Cup. Kyler Murray had a bad day, and it might happen again playing the Rams defense, but he's still worth a start, as are Kirk and Hopkins. Yeah, the guy I would throw out here as a play to possibly start this week also would be Robert Woods. And so in comparison to Cup, uh, in the last couple of games, He's had five touchdowns to Woods' two. I guess that's this year. And then uh, Woods add in, he's rushed the ball 20 times, and he's gotten two touchdowns that way. So I think that uh, although, you know, I love the Rams rushing attack. I do. Uh, but they don't have a guy. They're kind of like the 49ers. They don't have a guy that every week is going to carry the load that you can count on. Um, and so I think that's, to me, a little too unpredictable fantasy-wise. I do like Kyler Murray. Um, I also like Hopkins and Christian Kirk like you do, but I would, I would say I love Murray and his receivers, but against the Rams defense, I'm not so sure about that. Um, you know, this, they, could, they had a dead performance against the Patriots, and to me, this is a better Ram defense than the Patriots, so I think I'd stay away from Murray and the rest of that group. Patriots and Chargers, not a Patriot I'd start except for the defense, and I'm definitely sold on Austin Eckler here. He came back strong, 11 catches and 14 rushes. So given, right, the Patriots are a solid defense. But I think I'd add a couple guys to the Chargers list in Keenan Allen, who's had a great year. And his quarterback, Justin Herbert, also had a great year and continues to. And it doesn't really seem to matter if any of those three guys, as long as they're playing, it doesn't matter the defense. They're all going to have solid games. And I would go with that this week. They're at home against the Patriots. Not that there's going to be anybody in the stands, but the Patriots are the ones that do have to fly across the country to go play the game. Eagles at Packers. All the Packers, none of the Eagles. Check. Broncos at Chiefs, none of the Broncos, all the Chiefs. <laughs> Again, this is check that box too, because this is a Chiefs team that isn't just great offensively this year. You put this Chiefs team offensively against any team in history, production-wise, and they're up there. So I don't think the Broncos, as good a game as they had defensively against the Saints, 
That's not going to happen this week. The Chiefs are at home, and I think they're going to go off offensively. Also. And that covers a lot of guys, including Lenny Cool, Lenny Dawson, and a whole bunch of, you know, Freddie Arbanis. And they had some great teams in the past. But you're right, this, this team. And, you know, the guy that you have to feel bad for is the cornerback who was covering Tyreek Hill last week. <laughs> well, whoever it was. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Cowboys at Ravens, two of the worst hit teams in the NFL, along with the Niners. Zeke got 2.9 fantasy points last week. And the interesting thing was that was 0.9 points more than Derek Carr, who got two this week. So uh, anyway, I don't expect a lot more this week, especially if the Ravens get some of their 20 COVIDs back. Amari Cooper, you mentioned earlier, is the only Cowboy I can say start. On the Ravens, I can't think of anyone, but uh, just look to see who's healthy. Right. Now, this is going back to what we just talked about earlier with Shane on the call-in. I would consider starting Lamar Jackson this week. Look at that defense. They gave up 41 points to Washington. And, uh, and you also got, okay, so Lamar hasn't regained his winning form, but like I was telling Shane earlier, he's still putting up fantasy points, and mm-hmm. now he's going to take on one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I would, I would consider starting him. Bills at 49ers, Bills players you can start for sure are Singletary and Josh Allen. The Niners, uh, don't be fooled by their play against the Rams. Debo Samuels is all I can muster here, and possibly Nick Mullins, who I, I know you've liked in the past. Well, Samuels, I would say possibly, but not in Mullins, not this week. And the defense for the Bills is good. And I think offensively for the Bills, the the two names I would add in there would be Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, because they've been productive this this year as well. And uh, I'd possibly start Singletary, but in case they run the ball, but he hasn't really been a a guy you could count on week to week either. Just depends. Are they going to run the ball this week? If they do, he'll be the guy. And there you have it, Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast, and now a video cast too. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsum, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at Kramerandbrill.com. That's the easiest way. You can see it right there in the bottom of your screen. Kramerandbrill.com. And don't forget about Ask the Quarterback. Each week, we select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football-related question. We bring the fan onto the video cast to ask the question directly. You could be that fan by simply emailing us at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. Heading into the fantasy football playoffs, this last week's going to be a tough one. And hopefully we'll help you out. We'll see you next time.